Welcome to this Farm Advisory Service podcast. In this podcast, we will look at agroforestry in Scotland. The first half of this podcast is a conversation between Stephen Adler, a forestry consultant with SAC Consulting, and Fritha Langford, a researcher in animal behaviour. In the second half of this podcast, I will speak to Professor Davy McCracken of SRUC's Hill and Mountain Research Centre about the work that they are doing in agroforestry. If you're interested in any of the topics covered today, please visit the Farm Advisory Service website for more information. I'm Stephen Adlard, a woodland consultant at SEC. I'm here talking to Fritha Langford, who's a researcher in the Animal and Veterinary Sciences Group at SRUC. We're here to discuss agroforestry in Scotland, and in particular, integrating trees and shrubs with livestock. Hello, Fritha. Hello. Um, I just wonder, first of all, if you could just tell me a little bit about your role here at SIUC and why you're interested in integrating trees with livestock. Of course. Um, so I've done research in uh, ruminant behaviour and welfare over many years. Um, I've been particularly focused on dairy cow behaviour and welfare, so most of my research papers you will see uh, would be on dairy cows. However, I've also got a real sort of background interest in the natural or normal behaviour of the wild-type animals, sheep and cattle and other ruminants, and how we can look at that to learn more about the animals within our farming systems and how we might integrate some of those natural behaviours into what we do on farm. Okay, that sounds really interesting. So what in particular about the natural behaviours of, say, cattle to start with, have you found really important Mm. to take into account when managing them on a farm? Well, there's all sorts of things that um, that cattle do that we, we probably take into account anyway. Um, but one of the things we see in uh, Scottish beef suckler system is we see uh, social interactions and um, uh, long-term m- maternal and calf bonding that we see with uh, cows and calves. And what we'd like to do is see that within a in a more natural system where animals have behavioral choice um, so cho- choosing where they want to be within an environment and when we're looking at just a flat field permanent pasture with nothing else in it there's no real choice in environment and so that's one area I'd like to look into a little bit more because mm-hmm. in a wild type environment cattle or sheep have an awful lot of behavioural choice about where they can be at different times of day different weather conditions and also different times of year. So forget, think about integrating trees with, within the system what's a choice do they give the cattle in if you've actually got trees on the farm? Well, it's really interesting that cattle like to spend different times of their day interacting with different parts of the environment. And research has shown that cattle will spend about 30% of their night hours under tree canopy if it's available. So they particularly like to rest in uh, or, or uh, yeah, rest and ruminate in tree areas, um, which is different to sheep. So sheep and cattle obviously have different levels of behaviour, different types of behaviour that they perform. Cows will spend an awful lot of time in the day, obviously grazing and then ruminating, and they will find particular patches of grass to do that. And they like to be near trees rather than underneath trees at that time of day. But when night time comes, then they prefer to find spaces that is under the tree canopy for a significant period of time during that uh, period of darkness. 
Okay, mm. and you mentioned changes with the season as well. So, mm. so what influence? Yeah, so sheep are particularly seasonal, and right. they will spend more time in trees and shrubs than uh, in different times of year than than others. Um, so they particularly like to go and find uh, places to lamb. So if you're lambing outside, then sheep would find places within shrub area or tree area to go and lamb, as do cattle, actually. So they also will uh, calve down in an area with trees, with tree cover, away from the herd. Um, so again, if you're thinking about calving outside, that would be one place that you, the, the cows would probably go to a more tree based area to do that mm-hmm. um, and they will um, of course be affected by the weather conditions during those different seasons so again you see sheep spending a lot of time associated with shade areas when it's very hot um, and uh, cattle too to a certain extent but also uh, shelter from rain and snow and uh, but also grazing under tree areas as well depending on the time of year uh, are there any particular, you say, grazing under tree areas? Do cattle and sheep browse the trees as well? Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, how important is that? Well, again, it's, it comes down to this element of choice uh-huh. in the diet of animals. They, you know, when you, again, when you look at wild animals, funnily enough, they don't just eat one type of food. They'll go for lots of different types of food and at different uh, times of year when food is uh, seasonally available. So cattle do like to browse um, on certain tree species and will do so particularly with young trees. So we'd have to be a bit careful about that when we're thinking about how we plant trees on a farm and how we protect them. But, um, yeah, so they uh, will go and uh, get around about 7% of their diet would be... Uh, tree or shrub or um, other species other than grass. What is it that the tree forage gives them that the grass can't give them? Mm. Um, Well, there's a little bit of research into this in terms of uh, micronutrients that they can't get through grass, um, but also it can be palatability. So uh, cows find hazel, for example, particularly palatable and will choose it when the new leaves come through, Uh uh, probably because it tastes good, but it may help with rumen function as well. So you mentioned yeah they like to browse the trees um selectively so you've got to be very careful about designing planting systems so that trees are protected certainly to start with Mm -hmm. how how important in terms of say you've talked about animal welfare and Mm. i'm assuming that will knock on to sort of animal production as well if the if the Mm. animal is fit and healthy and and stressed because of the environment it's in Mm. there will be improvements in animal production is there any research on that about Mm. how how that has been improved? I have to say there's not much research in the Scottish context specifically about animal welfare with uh, trees for both cattle and sheep but there has been some research in other parts in the world to do with improved animal welfare and the knock-on effects in production uh, particularly in beef Uh, cattle systems elsewhere in um, Central and South America so we do see improvements in production but we would would expect to see similar effects here but what we do know are differences in behaviour and when we're thinking about animal welfare we're thinking of course about the physical health of the animal, it's really important that they are fit and healthy and they don't have diseases or injuries of course but we're also thinking about the mental health of the animal the mental life of the animal what the animal is experiencing and their behavior Um, so being able to perform normal behavior within their repertoire so an animal that is able to do that 
to be able to have behavioural choice, to be able to interact with, uh, you know, socially with, with their other uh, com- com- specifics, they will be having better welfare. An animal with a better welfare has a lower level of stress, is less susceptible to disease, has a better functioning immune system, is also more fertile. So there are lots of productive um, elements that come from being in a good state of welfare. Okay, brilliant. So we've talked a lot about the benefits of the trees in the system for the animals that are part of that system. What about sort of wider benefits, the agroecological benefits that you can get from having trees as part of the farming system? Yes, well, I think this is really interesting, isn't it? Because, again, when we think about wild animals in a, in a wild ecosystem, they're interacting. There's this huge uh, interactions between animals and plants and animals and other species of animals. And in farmland, we often try and minimise those interactions to only the ones that we want. But, of course, now when we're thinking about biodiversity crime, as well as uh, obviously with climate change um, we're trying to think about ways where we can bring back animal species or, or bring back plant species and one of the things we could think about here is the the I suppose the ecosystem services to use one of those terrible terms that could come from planting trees and having animals interact with those trees and other species that come within so we know that planting trees increases the biodiversity of insects and bird life especially the right tree in the right place and that the animals are are interacting with the trees and that they are producing fertilizer for the trees um, if the animals are able to get in amongst the trees anyway so we do see an increase in biodiversity in these systems Uh and of course then there's the question about climate change again there is some work going on to look at how much the trees would mitigate the methane produced by cattle in terms of the carbon sequestration from trees but there's other things as well, such as flood prevention, prevention of uh, or reducing poaching on the land, all sorts of things that interact with the way we would farm the land normally. So clear benefits for the animal part of the system, but also the wider environment mm. by, by having a wider variety of trees on the land. Just actually, you mentioned poaching, mm. just brought up, up a thought in my head that quite often when I'm out in farms looking at it, areas of trees to manage and so on where the cattle and sheep have access to them they're heavily poached Mm -hmm. and they're damaging the trees the roots and so on with all this heavy poaching around them Um, and sometimes you question whether trees are appropriate in that sort of environment having seen that Mm -hmm. Um, what are your thoughts about that well there are a couple of things here aren't there firstly that if there is a lot of poaching around the trees that is indicating that the animals are using those areas quite a lot so they have motivation to be there so that's great but what we're seeing then is damage to the the soil underneath the trees probably because there aren't enough of those spaces for the number of animals to go around. So we've really got to think about how you use trees within a system. And if it's possible to have more trees within that particular system, then the behaviour of the cattle and the way that, or sheep and the way that they move around within the, um, the field would be more distributed over more trees. Trees do perform a function in terms of stabilising the soil much more than grass does. When they are not overused, those areas, they should actually be better than uh, just having grass alone. Okay, thank you for that explanation. Uh, Fritha, I just wondered whether there are any 
areas where you wouldn't be happy with trees being planted in an upland farming system? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, you always have to be careful about different areas of grassland, I suppose, in terms of sensitive grassland, peatland. I think we need to make sure that farmers are going to be consulting uh, the right experts who uh, would know about which areas that you can have trees on and which you can't. There may be some things where shrubs or lower growing species would be more appropriate uh, but certainly anything where there's a, a an, an ecological sensitivity we'd have to be very careful in approaching those but in terms of uh, lower ground then then there's quite a lot of ground that could be covered by trees um certainly we see we see it doing really well in in lots of places you know when you're driving around um in different parts of scotland you see trees both used as, as shelter belts and also within fields, and you see animals using them. But I think we could probably um, do that a bit better with a bit more planning as well. OK, that's brilliant. It reminds me of actually uh, an area where we've filmed uh, a video, mm-hmm. um, which is also on the FAS website, on uh, filmed at Mains of Fincastle, which mm-hmm. was an upland farm. Um, I think the lowest point of the farm was 1,000 feet. Right. And actually your point about the semi-natural grassland and, and some of those areas not being appropriate for trees was very true there. He, mm, okay. His higher areas on the hill there um, were designated grassland and he wasn't allowed to plant any more trees mm. on that area. I think 10% of his farm was covered in trees and he'd specifically planted some which allowed the cattle and sheep to graze in between mm-hmm. the, the trees. And, and there he'd found just through having shelter and he described top shelter so the trees above Mm -hmm. the the livestock and side shelter just standard shelter belts by carefully planning those areas that he was planted he was able to reduce the amount of feed that he gave the animals and um, it was he said it was sort of up to about four pound per head per per ewe on his system using your animal behavioral head how do you think it's best to design woodland planting mm-hmm. so it meets the needs of cattle and sheep mm-hmm. in particular? Yeah, um, well, cattle and sheep are slightly different from one another in this case in that cattle are really from forest animals. that They've originated as forest animals and they would spend a certain amount of time within the forest. But as I said earlier, they also like to go and find uh places of grass that aren't covered by forest so they sort of like a, a, a clearing forest where they can have trees and then areas of grass within those trees whereas sheep would probably use those as well but they also like ground that is free from trees and they will stray quite a long way away from trees in nature in a sort of natural um, system so they are a little bit different from one another but they, they can use a similar type of system too and of course if you can't plant trees in the field then um, uh, having trees as a shelter belt is is still really useful um, so yeah so we see those uh, those clearing systems and this type of system has the potential for extending the grazing period and allowing those cows to ha- or, or sheep to have have a really good behavioural choice in terms of what what they do when during their day. Okay, brilliant. Just to explain a little bit about what you said about extending the grazing period, how how can trees help 
Mm. Well, there's a few different ways, um, and one of the ways that I tend to think about is about uh, lambing and calving under trees so that you can extend that period. You don't need to bring the animals in for that. So uh, it would provide shelter and and that space away from other animals that the, the cattle and sheep both uh, prefer when they're, when they're having their young. But one of the other things which is we, we know now is that because of the increase in temperature underneath the trees, you see grass growing earlier in the season. So animals can be out at grass and grazing uh, uh, earlier on in the season. And then that, that tends to extend later as well so that you get that sort of end of autumn period as well being a time that you can have cattle and sheep out grazing and not have to bring them in and of course that's fantastic for the animals because again they've got maximum behavioral choice in what they're doing and so that's good from from their own behavioral welfare point of view we know that uh, uh, an animal that's outside is more likely to be healthy than the one that's inside um, for, for much of the year. And also, it might have a positive effect on our carbon footprints in that we're using, potentially using less grain to feed the animals um, and they're, you know, they're, they, they are growing off the grass that we're able to grow under the trees. And how can producing livestock in this manner with much more of a tree crop involved um, in silver pastoral systems how do you think that could be used by I suppose agriculture in Scotland the farming community in Scotland to sort of market their beef and lamb in a in a better way uh, yeah well I think this this is a, a good point to bring up isn't it because I genuinely believe that beef and sheep production in Scotland is one of the highest welfare systems that we have anywhere in the world for producing farm animals. It's really farm, it has the potential for really good farm animal welfare and providing extra behavioural choice and having some other things that increase potentially increase the welfare of animals by adding trees such as increased grazing periods. Those things could allow us to suggest that these animals are experiencing even better welfare possibly the best welfare that you could have as a farmed animal and as such we should be able to talk about that but one of the things that we see constantly um, I suppose in the media at the moment is 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 how bad beef and sheep are are been shown to be in terms of uh, climate change and that's the the media message and I think that one is quite a, a black and white message where there's uh, there, there isn't a black and white issue if you see what I mean the, the the research that that's carried out on is often in very intensive systems that we don't necessarily have so many of in Scotland or it's based on just a few farms rather than on the great diversity of farms that we have in Scotland as well. So we've got to be very careful about that research. But when we can think of improving our um, environment by having a higher level of biodiversity and maybe uh, reduced um, carbon footprint by having trees growing on the land as well as cattle and sheep... Um, and also having these other ecosystem services that the trees would provide, we can really then think about saying to the consumer, we have a fantastic product that is great for you in terms of nutritional benefits. We have a fantastic product that's great for the animals in terms of animal welfare, and it's good for the environment as well with the uh, added biodiversity and lowered carbon footprint too. Thank you very much, Fritha. Really interesting. You're very welcome. My name is Seamus Murphy, and today I'm joined by Professor Davy McCracken of SRUC's Hill and Mountain Research Centre at Kirkton and Octotire. 
Welcome, David. Thank you very much, Seamus. So we're going to talk today a little bit about agroforestry and a bit about the work that you've done at Curtin and Tyre already. Recently enough, you've planted 100 trees on a floodplain. Yes, so just literally just this winter, we got a small amount of funding um, from the Loch Lomond and the Trossos National Park mm-hmm. um, um, as part of their sort of a, a tree planting initiative that they, that they run in the park each year. Uh, 100 trees is, is not an awful lot of trees at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the difference is um, from what we've done in the past um, um, on the farms is we have focused on planting those 100 trees in um, one of our um, in-by fields right. um, on the farm. Uh, and those in-by fields are a relatively small proportion of the farm overall, but they're a relatively um, important part of the production um, yeah. of the farm. Uh, and we targeted those in-by fields, one, because that's where um, um, trees will actually grow better mm-hmm. uh, there than you know 500 600 700 meters higher up the hill in poorer soils but also we wanted to actually demonstrate to um, um, farmers that it's possible to plant more trees have an agroforestry system have trees growing within a field and allowing uh, sheep um, in, in particular to graze around them mm-hmm. so still get the benefit of having creating more trees on a, on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a farm and still maintaining that sort of grazing benefit in in time then these trees will act as shelter for livestock. Yes, maybe. so uh, sh- and, and it's shelter on shelter um, on on both fronts. Uh, by that I mean, um, especially at this time of year in Scotland, uh, we get fixated on the amount of rain and how climate change is actually um, um, markedly increasing the both the amount and the severity mm. um, um, of rainfall events. And in somewhere like Cree and Lara, you know, um, 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 rain is is, is is a is an almost constant feature with us. Nevertheless, we also have to remember that um, it's only two years ago since the UK and uh, large parts of Scotland were suffering from a, a major drought. Mm-hmm. And it's predicted under climate change that those drought-type scenarios are going to become the, the norm for most summers, not necessarily every summer, but mm. become much, much more regular. Um, and so producing and providing um, tree cover uh, in and around where um, livestock uh, are actually grazing uh, can uh, then provide shelter from um, wind and rain uh, during um, um, the, the, the wetter winter months, mm-hmm. but also provide shelter um, from sun uh, during the sort of droughtier uh, yeah. times of the year. And actually, if things go according to plan, actually the shade produced from those trees ultimately won't just benefit the livestock that can shade shelter underneath them, but will also benefit the, uh, uh, the grass and the mm-hmm. forage underneath them and help um, maintain the availability of forage during um, um, drier periods. You planted these trees in on a floodplain, and do you think these trees might reduce the severity of any flooding downstream, perhaps? Those one hundred trees on their own right, um, highly unlikely. What what's 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 more likely to do that is the the other tree planting that we've done along along the side of the rivers and the burns, yeah. um, in, in 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 other years where we've particularly targeted areas where we would we would expect and hope that we've planted those trees closer together mm-hmm. uh, so that both the trees and the, and, the, and, uh, and the roots, that combined effect could and should actually help with, with, with reducing the sort of flooding um, egress into the, or, or movement, uh, water movement into the fields. Mm-hmm. We've, we, because uh, this is a system where we want to be able for the, not only the livestock to graze in and under the trees, um, but also we want to be able to get it to 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 get um, 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 under those trees ourselves 
um, to in order to ensure we can still uh, still maintain sort of fertilizer where yeah. needed onto the grasslands. We've planted those trees um, in alleys um, and, 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 a, and a reasonable distance apart. So the type of benefit uh, that might have occurred in terms of a flood management, um, we wouldn't expect to get that from, from, from these trees in, 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 in that sort of situation. They're, there's too few of them and they're too, they're, too, they're too far apart. And so could you still technically take silage off this field then? Technically, we, 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 we chose or we had a, a, a detailed discussion um, with our farm manager uh, and um, although we have 50 hectares of, of, of reasonable quality in my fields that's used for a combination of grazing and silage production, mm-hmm. um, at this particular point in time, like many other farmers out there, he wasn't willing to have the added risk of giving up some of our better quality yeah. silage ground. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an in-by field, a good quality in-by field, where we've um, only been using it for grazing in the past and are likely to only use it for grazing yeah. going forward. I actually asked this question just the other, other week when we had some Scottish government officials up and um, asked this question of, of, of John and my team. Um, um, and uh, we don't think that, especially once the trees are established, we would want to be putting or trying to get um, um, uh, silage cutting equipment yeah. and big balers mm-hmm. through along those alleys. We've we really said that part of that field, if the rest of the field is going to be managed for silage, that'll be fine, but that's a primarily going to be a, a grazing situation. Mm-hmm. And it's primarily going to be a grazing situation with um, um, livestock uh, like sheep. Now we, uh, the, the, the trees have individual protection uh, around them okay. um, to actually stop the sheep getting access to uh, the branches and, and, and the leaves as they, as they start to grow. It wouldn't, it would have to have been a lot, lot bigger um, and, not, and hence much more expensive um, had we tried to actually protect it from um, um, cattle grazing. Mm. So that part of that field, uh, we wouldn't be looking to graze cattle amongst those trees for a long, long time. Uh, it doesn't stop us putting cattle into that field, it just we need to make sure that we run an electric fence from that yes. to separate that part of the field um, and from the rest to... To, 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 to prevent any sort of damage from the cattle, particularly in those early years, the sort of first um, five to ten years will be will be crucial. The first five years are crucial in any tree establishment, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but even so, it'll take it'll take another five years at least after that before those trees will be able to get up to a height and a, and a thickness uh, in that in by situation that they might just might be able to um, 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 withstand any sort of cattle. A traditional woodland grant scheme that, say, um, um, Scottish Forest might ask farmers to engage in mm-hmm. would require you not to have cattle grazing anywhere near new woodland um, for at least 20 years. Right. So in some instances, it's probably feasible to actually have cattle grazing quite happily under those trees earlier than that. Yeah. That will be one of the things that we will take a, a judgment upon. Yeah. The funding we got, we, we've used, was a small amount of funding from the, the National Park, which, doesn't, which hasn't, doesn't come with any of those conditions and caveats that um, a, a normal forestry grant would, would put on us. So it allows us to um, use our best judgment, you know, 10 or 15 years into the future to say, actually, would we be happy uh, that the trees are at such a condition that we can actually graze mm. cattle underneath them? But that's going to be 10 or 15 years down the line. 
And did the did the park put any stipulation on the type of trees that you could plant? Was it, was it not natives? not the not not the type of trees in terms of the species? Mm. Um, then they were they were keen um, to encourage um, greater planting of native species in, in, in some parts of the park, yeah. um, and, and and we were keen to to, to use native species, uh, not least because we're a, a demonstration farm. Um, we can stand in that in my field and look at the the productive forestry that's around us that we know non-native conifers would, would grow well yeah. in there. We want to actually demonstrate that other more native tree species can grow um, maybe over a longer time frame, but we'll, we'll, we'll establish and, and provide um, benefits going forward. So. Was it done in any particular way to encourage biodiversity as well? Is there, are you expecting any increase in bird life, say? Or? Oh, well, oh, well, whether it's an increase in bird life, Certainly, um, the most recent number of trees that we've planted um, five years ago, uh, we planted two smaller shelter belts on, on, on part of the in-by fields uh, down there. So uh, we've we, we certainly started over the last five to six years to put more trees in mm. and around the in-by um, ground. So ultimately, they're, they're likely to have a benefit from a biodiversity perspective going um, forward. Uh, how much of that is different what's up when the, from what's already there yeah. might be open to go because we, we have quite a lot of trees in the the boundary features on the farms mm -hmm. um, anyway and and there's quite a lot of trees in the in the, in the sort of local area but i mean every every little helps yeah and um, certainly what we don't have uh, this year with these hundred trees five years ago with the with the with the small shelter belts and three years ago i think we used some funding from the park to put trees into other fields where we had um, old trees yeah. that the livestock were grazing underneath. But those trees, um, the, the, any seedlings from those trees weren't getting a chance to re-establish. So we'll put us. It's, it's, it's another suite of younger um, and potentially more virile trees that we'll put into, in, into the sort of situation. Succession kind of. Succession, yeah. yes, yeah, very much so. I know you said that it's only 100 trees. It's not an awful lot. But if, if it shows that it works, if it shows that you can use that land yeah. productively, it doesn't damage the productivity yeah. of it. There, there would be potentially a significant uh, carbon uptake if a lot of farmers started doing something oh, similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. obviously massive. Very, very, very much so, and definitely. And um, we put a focus in on spacing those trees in a way that we could still continue to graze underneath the trees as soon as they were planted. They've got protection around them. That's it, you know. There are various ways of creating agroforestry on on farms, and mm -hmm. um, you we could have chosen to actually fence off an area of one field, plant it relatively densely with trees, waited for ten or fifteen years until those trees had established, gone in and thinned out those trees, and then allowed the livestock to go back underneath them. Mm -hmm. But that would have taken ten or fifteen years. Yeah. So we were keen to show, even in a small way, or to demonstrate in a small way, how farmers, uh, well, planting trees, uh, uh, farmers can choose to plant individual trees, trees in groups, trees separate from the, 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 the little um, shelter belt or, or, or woodland that's created can be regarded as being separate from the, from the rest of the farming system. Mm -hmm. Or in our case, in, in uh, this winter, we've chosen to put 100 trees into that part of that field. To demonstrate that it is possible, both from the tree growth perspective as well as the livestock management perspective, to have the two in the same the same physical spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and certainly, um, 
we'll need to wait and see um, 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 how well things establish. Uh, we've no reason to suppose they shouldn't establish well. The, 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 the shelter belts that we've, the smaller shelter belts that we've created on uh, similar in by fields um, in, in that part of the farm, they've established extremely well. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's no reason to, to, to expect um, um, these trees to be any slower in establishment. But we've got sheep, um, not mountain goats, so we would hope that the level of protection is such that um, um, there, sh there should be no damage from the yeah. from the sheep grazing, but that's part of what we're looking to actually see going forward and, and be able to give some level of evidence and or comfort to farmers that they mm -hmm. can, it is worthwhile considering, yeah. even in this even in that sort of small scale, it's feasible to do. And although agroforestry is kind of we're using more and more now, yeah. in the past you attempted to put in a silvo pastoral system. Yeah. Uh, kind of in the in the higher altitude on the farm. Yes, so 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 twenty years ago, if you um, think of the farm like a capital Y, with right. the arms of the Y being two big Highland glens, twenty years ago we chose to plant two hundred plus hectares of one of those glens um, under um, a, 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 a new woodland creation, mm -hmm. a sort of high altitude high altitude woodland system, uh, and that was primarily with the intent that once those trees established. Um, and it was safe to put livestock back into them, i.e. the livestock weren't going to damage the, um, uh, the trees, that we would put, allow sheep to go back into that wooded area uh, or woodland area that we'd created to graze underneath the woodland and we would then measure the beneficial effect um, of shelter mm -hmm. at that altitude on the performance of the animals. Um, and um, in that situation, you know, both at the time of planting and in the subsequent replanting um, 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 replacements that we actually had to do uh, over that sort of 20-year period, we probably planted at least half a million trees right. in that part of yeah. the farm. So puts the 100 trees in the in, yeah. in, in the in-by field into, into, into some form of context. When it's a small amount of what we've done overall. Um, nevertheless, we haven't created... Um, so a silver pastoralism um, system, it's just a fancy way of saying... Um, allowing livestock to graze underneath the tree yeah. um, trees in that, that landscape. Um, we haven't gone to uh, that extreme yet, simply because the project, when it was first um, um, established, uh, was rather ambitious, yeah. uh, um, or, or their, their, their goals were rather ambitious. We do have um, trees established um, um, in that 200 hectare plus um, at that altitude, uh, but they are uh, relatively slow growing and it's going to be um, probably another couple of decades, not just years, another couple of decades before we could safely put livestock, allow livestock into that area um, without um, um, experiencing severe damage um, mm. to those um, trees that are, that are there. It's simply a facet of, it is relatively high altitude, um, it's uh, 350 to um, 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 uh, 550 metres in altitude. Uh, uh, which is quite challenging as far as both the, uh, the climate and the and, and, and underlying soil conditions as well. Mm. And the fact that there's been no trees anywhere in that part of the farm for at least 300 years, if not yeah. more. So the, the, the general conditions in the soil are, are, are not as conducive to um, both establishment and quick growth mm. of those trees over time. Mm. But the, two, the, the, the 200 hectares... That we plus that we planted um, is just over ten percent uh, of the farm as a whole. So, so it's ten percent that ultimately 
you would be hoping that in, in 20 years time when you are able to open it to livestock yep. that it will give added benefits then again yes. as well as a sequestering carbon and all the yep. other yep. so add, added benefits to the farm from the shelter effect mm-hmm. um, sequestering carbon um, yes uh, but we're also currently putting a big focus on uh, all the woodlands 20 years old um, um, it's the understory vegetation that's really the major change in that area mm. and we're currently assessing how um, much that 200 hectares of um, woodland and dense understory vegetation how much water that is actually holding back compared to the glen mm. next door that has not been planted um, and we've got a range of sensors out measuring water depth at various points coming down the hill from both of those glens to try and give us some feel for um, is that t- is 200 hectares of that type of planting at that altitude making any difference whatsoever mm. so a lot of different a lot of mo- multiple benefits of yes that you're yep. finding from yep. the Yep. And, and and also we um, uh, whether it's the montane woodlands or whether it's other woodland that could be planted um, and be more productive as and grow quicker on the lower parts of the farm we're going to be or we are um, working with um, colleagues um, down in England uh, there um, in Devon there is a research and demonstration farm part of Rothamsted's research uh, called North Wyke um, um, and themselves, ourselves, and a range of other farms ac- across the globe are part of what's called a global farm platform. Mm. Um, and at a meeting I was at just two or three weeks ago uh, down in Devon, um, we've agreed to combine our resources in terms of shared data, um, right. and colleagues in, in Devon are going to be doing some number crunching to allow us for each of our individual sites in the first place to say, where we are in terms of livestock production and carbon sequestration, i.e. are our our emissions currently net Mm -hmm. positive or or negative? Uh, Where are we along that sort of line? Uh, And then we are going to, it's going to be a paper exercise, um, although Kirchner Octa Tire is more than a paper exercise. We have already a large proportion of our farm under woodland Mm -hmm. that we'll take into account as part of the baseline. Most of the other farms would be going from having no woodland at all mm-hmm. to giving up a proportion of the farm, theoretically, to say if we, if we planted woodland over 10% of the farm or 40% of the farm or 50% of the farm and retain livestock on the rest of the farm, where, where, where would we get and how quickly we would we get to a situation where um, 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 uh, the, the sequestration is outweighing any yeah. of the emissions from the, from the remaining livestock? We've yet to see the numbers being crunched for Kirkton, but I would suspect that given the scale of planting that we've already done, we'll be well on our way to that um, um, a much more positive in terms of sequ- sequestering being greater mm-hmm. than emitting in balance. Um, but we will, we will, we'll wait and see. And as I said, we're going to collectively do then a, an exercise that says, what if mm-hmm. an additional part of the farm was given over to planting? Uh, what would that would, what would that mean for for I think it's about twelve or, or fourteen farms across the globe that we're actually looking at? That that would be very interesting. The Scottish farmers, as becoming carbon negative or carbon neutral, using an agroforestry system is going to become more and more um, favourable. It's, it's possibly going to become much more of the norm in the mm-hmm. future. Yeah. Currently, at the minute, and I can understand at the minute, and 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 I, I do a number of 
lectures to um, SRUC students where I am talking about um, agroforestry or, the, or the, the range of woodland planting we've done at Kirknock uh, Tire and, and why we've done it. Um, and I think it's true, when I know it's true that, you know, in many cases, um, many of those students are sort of saying, well, actually, that's a, that is out with the norm of what they've been used to in the previous yeah. generation of their parents and grandparents have actually been used to. Uh, but land use and land use change for a particular reason in 10 or 15 years' time. What we think of as being extreme and and, and different now will become the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, farming in Scotland, uh, the vast majority of farmers are still going to be producing a proportion from the farm um, meat, milk, crop production. Yeah. But... And farming carbon is a bit too glib to say it, but farming carbon mm. in a variety of forms will will become an accepted part of the farming outputs mm-hmm. in ten or fifteen years' time. In fact, it has to become an accepted part of outputs from farming in ten or fifteen years' time if we are to actually um, limit uh, the amount of, of warming that the, the planet overall um, um, is, is is projected to actually see. Um, if we don't do that, if we do nothing and we get the sort of four degrees plus of warming by, by 2045, then even in a country like Scotland, farming and other um, um, rural land uses will, will suffer. That's good. Thanks very much, David. Thank you very much. Cheers.